welcome back to another episode of Come Over for Dinner. I am so glad you're joining me today. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Rachel Birch, and she is from Springfield, Missouri. A friend recommended her as a great hostess, and I am so excited to hear all of her tips. Welcome, Rachel. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I could talk about hospitality and food and all those things all day long, so I'm so excited about this. Okay. Well, before we delve into it, I do, because she won't brag on herself, I do want to mention a few things that her friend had to say about her. Oh, (laughs) surprise. (laughs) She said that she has sort of recently, I don't know, you could tell us a little bit more about it here in a minute, but has started a weekly Sabbath dinner in her own home with her family. But also she has a large monthly Sabbath dinner where she invites lots of other people into her home. And this type of hospitality has spread and other friends are asking her for her tips and advice and are starting their own weekly dinners with their family. And just a lot of ladies are receiving encouragement from you, which is fabulous. She says that you are a wonderful hostess and a faithful Titus II woman. That is pretty high praise. <laughs> that is high praise. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that all that's true, but that's very kind of her to say. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I know you have five children ranging from 12 to 20. You're married. You have family into your home. You have friends into your home. Recently, we were trying to coordinate this meeting, and you said you were putting on a dinner for vacation Bible school workers and their families. <laughs> you have a daughter at, at New St. Andrews uh-huh. uh, starting her junior year. Of course, she's probably home for the summer now. She works at Canon Press, so there's a fun connection. Yeah. So yeah, so just tell us a little bit more about about yourself and how you started your weekly Sabbath dinner. Okay, so my husband and I are both very much rooted here in the Ozarks. We live in Springfield, Missouri, which is about 45 minutes north of Branson, if you've ever heard of Branson. He's at least fourth generation. I know I'm third generation, at least, uh, Springfieldian. Um, My husband's actually lived in the same three square miles his entire life. So that's kind of a unique, a unique thing. Um, And we got married young. Um, We were married in 2000. I was just 20 years old. And um, we started having children pretty, you know, early on. And um, we had lots of little children. And so at the time, we were at a mainline evangelical church. And I don't think I really had a theology of hospitality or a grasp of really what we were doing. But because we had a lot of young children, we weren't really able to go out and meet our friends at restaurants. And, you know, just, it, it just got expensive. And so we would have people over. We had people over for dinner almost every night. <laughs> um, we are both very social. We just love that. And so when our kids were little, they would pop up in the morning from their bed and ask, who's coming over today? Um, <laughs> How fun. Yeah. And we just loved that. Um, and I think that I kind of you know, grew my, my hospitality muscles that way without really knowing why I was doing it or, you know, really having a purpose in it other than this is just fun. And we want to be with people. And this is an easy way to be with people when you have a lot of young children. Since then, we have started hosting a weekly community group. We host on Monday night. So it's not really our Sabbath, but it is, it is a weekly kind of anchor. We have about 30 people that come over every Monday night for dinner and Bible study And of that, 13 are boys under age 16. We have three girls, so 16 are children, three girls, 13 boys, so fun. 
we had been doing that for, I don't know, seven or eight years. And then um, I, my first trip up to Moscow was two years ago for, uh, I guess it was actually three years ago, because it was in 2020, for my daughter's kind of college weekend, just to see, you know, what she thought of NSA and if that was going to be an option for her. And I came back just on fire for hospitality, just we were able to attend two different Sabbath, Sabbath dinners while we were there and just picked up, I guess, just really a vision for what it could be. And so I we came back, we added more seating to our kitchen. <laughs> I went and got place settings for 50 people. And from there, we started a weekly Sabbath, which kind of waxes and wanes depending upon our schedule. Right now, we're kind of in an intense, you know, with teenagers, we're in an intense soccer slash baseball season, soccer just ended, baseball starting. And and so our Sabbath right now looks like once a month, we join together with five other families from church and we actually take turns hosting that. And tonight we're actually going to the house of the girl that the lady that suggested me for this podcast. How fun. Yeah. So she's hosting us tonight, which is just such a gift. But when we're all together, I, I mean, there's over 40 and about, I would uh, I should have done the math. I know it's over 25 or children and most are under the age of seven. My children are by far the oldest. So that's a really fun challenge to figure out. Do you coordinate all of the food for, even though you rotate homes or does the hostess no, the the hostess coordinate does, the food? Yeah, the hostess does that. Yeah. So what are your tips for all of those young children? How do you figure out 25 children, their <laughs> needs? And I mean, that is a lot of little kids. It is a lot of little kids. I remember having a lot of young children and I just try and put myself back in those shoes and think what would be helpful for these parents. And one thing that I think is very helpful is having um, seating for them. So I have a couple of wooden high chairs still in my kitchen that are out year round. And then we actually have other booster chairs and things that we can bring in when we have more toddlers that need that seating. And, and by booster chairs, I mean like big books and a belt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that works as well. It, it works. It works. Thinking about Going ahead and having their, I have a lot of sippy cups I just keep on hand, having their sippy cups already filled with ice water at their places so the parents aren't having to juggle plates and getting all their children, you know, drinks. Um, One thing I learned from Rachel Jank (laughs) is to go ahead and pre-cut the meat. I love that. So that then it's, you know, it's just an easy serve for parents with young children. Um, And then, you know, also just keeping in mind that Things are meant to be used up for his glory. And that doesn't just include food. There's a lot of wear and tear here in my kitchen that would not be here if I wasn't hosting 13 boys once a week. (laughs) (laughs) My door jams and, um, you know, my baseboards and things. I can tell that they've they've been... Really used well. Yes. Used and used. My husband, we had four boys and (laughs) I would sometimes talk about, you know, we need to some remodeling project, you know, we need to replace this. We need to paint this. We need to do that. And he, he would jokingly say, why? What's the point? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We need to wait until all boys are out of the house. It's true. It's true. And you know, my kids are older now and they're not getting fingerprints on things and they're not scuffing up. Um, I have a lot of dents on the legs in my kitchen table. They're not doing that anymore, but if you're going to practice hospitality and and do it well, you just have to resign yourself to this is what's going to happen. And it's fine. It's, you know, things that are meant to be used for his glory. We're not, they're not showpieces. Exactly. So talking a little bit about the inspiration behind it, 
it's just fabulous that you're getting together with other ladies in the church and they're encouraged to do their own Sabbath dinners. <laughs> you obviously have your family. Do you have extended family in town or is it just your immediate family? So my parents live down just down on the street, actually. And so they're with us a lot. Um, I had one brother who was 18 years older than me. So I'm basically an only child. So that's really kind of all that we have. So holidays and things like that, it's us and my parents. And then we, we usually invite, you know, friends or couples at church that don't have like for Easter, we had um, a single friend and then an, another two other families that didn't have that don't have family nearby. That's, that's such a wonderful ministry. This same friend who recommended you mentioned having a come over for dinner party, which is so fun. Were you a part of that? I was, but that was not my idea. I did not host it, host it. I have to tell you that that is another friend who had the wonderful idea to host that. Um, She has two little girls. She's pregnant with her third. So she's kind of in a different season of life than me. And she invited, I think it was eight or nine of us ladies to come over. Um, And we all brought something from your podcast, like a recipe from your podcast. She has- I love that. Yes, it was so fun. What we did is we, we wrote it down, you know, something that we enjoyed making from company and then we exchanged recipe cards. So then we went home with like a stack of recipe cards. It was really fun. The friend that was telling me about it said that you did swap recipes, you shared tips and you shared your own personal stories. What a fun idea. I love that because Obviously, I release one episode a week, but there are just hundreds and thousands of ladies who have their own recipes and stories to share, tips that we haven't heard yet. So yeah, this is just a great idea and is inspiring me to think about Mm -hmm. something for the future Yeah, to to be decided. (laughs) (laughs) So I post on comeoverfordinner.com. You can go and you can find all of like, for, for instance, your episode will have your name and your recipes and all of your recommended items. But as there becomes more and more and more episodes, it's harder to find what you're looking for. Or if you remember one from 20 episodes ago, you can't remember, well, whose episode was that? So by the time yours is posted, I am currently working on a recipe index. So by the time this episode is posted, you will be able to go to the same website and there will be at the top right bar, there will be an option where you can just click index Mm -hmm. and it will have it listed similar to the back of a cookbook, you know, where it's breads and main dishes and salads and it's alphabetical Mm -hmm. so that you can create your own menu. You know, if you, if you want to just put together your own menu or just get an idea for a salad and not have to go and find the whole menu that someone else Mm -hmm. recommended, hopefully it will be helpful. That's wonderful. Anyway, back to you. Mm -hmm. What is one of the favorite menus that you would choose to serve if you had a group coming over? Okay. So I have a funny story about this because my go-to is a marinated pork loin with a garlic cream sauce. And I was scrolling through all your recipes and I realized a lot of people's go-to is pork loin. (laughs) It's just so easy. It's easy and feeds a crowd. It feeds a crowd. It's relatively inexpensive still. So I'm going to, so I'm going with something else. 
Okay, um, well, we may need to post this recipe if it's your favorite, though. Okay. That sounds um, delicious, but you can yeah. talk about another one. Okay, I'll talk about another one. My favorite, I guess, category of like ethnic food is Greek food. And so I want to talk about Greek. I noticed no one had talked about Greek food yet. No, no. Yeah. We have had Indian. We've had Mexican. Maybe Ital- we've had Italian, some French. Yes. You are the first one to discuss Greek. Greek. This is so exciting. Yes. And I need to just do a little disclaimer. I am 100% pure Ozarkian. I am a, I mean, we are hillbillies down here. I'm going to mispronounce things. I am not Greek, but I do appreciate the cuisine. So. Well, you know, I've lived in Arkansas most of my life. So oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I'm from Texarkana, which okay. is the, a border city for Texas and Arkansas. Yes. So I've lived, yep. lived on both sides. Yeah. When recently have lived on the Arkansas side, but you cross mm-hmm. over the border constantly, just mm-hmm. daily. You're going back and forth between Arkansas yeah. and Texas. So whatever you mispronounce, I'll just roll with it because it'll sound good to me. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Um, so I have kind of two different Greek options and one is extremely inauthentic but so easy. It feeds a crowd. It's inexpensive. And it's something I have made now for 17 years. Um, I remember when I first discovered it on a website, um, I'm sure that, you know, the internet was very different 17 years ago. It, It was probably a blog or something. I don't even remember where I first found it, but it was for a Greek pasta salad that we discovered we really love to eat warm. So it's a really easy Greek pasta where you just boil your noodles and then you toss them with chopped pepperoni or salami, cherry tomatoes or grape tomatoes, feta, kalamata olives, red onion. And then you do like a Greek, you know, dressing. So like red wine, vinegar, olive oil, garlic, you know, oregano, basil. Anyway, you just dump all that together and stir. And it is so easy with your protein being pepperoni or salami. It's very inexpensive. I have quadrupled it before and it's done really well. So yeah, you can feed, you know, lots of people with it and everyone loves it, or at least they say they love it. Well, and that would be a hit with kids for sure. Kids yes. love pepperoni and salami. Mm-hmm. Most always. Yeah. yeah. And you just throw some, you know, pita bread or some non bread with it and um, a salad and you're good to go, you know, if it's just my family, I make it often when we come home from church on Sundays and everyone's starving, you know, you can whip it, whip it up in 20 minutes and it's just straight pasta from the bowl. I don't even put a salad with it, you know, just so easy. Do you make anything ahead of time? Do you prep anything, chop things ahead of time, or do you pretty much start it right before you're serving? You know, you can chop, yeah, the the olives, the pepperoni, the tomatoes, all of that, and have that set aside in a bowl in the fridge so that once you drain your pasta, you just dump it in and then you dump your liquids and your spices in. And really, it, it could be like a five-minute hands-on experience. <laughs> I love those recipes. Yeah. Do you make your own non-bread and salad or do you buy okay. it to make it gonna, more simple? I am going to get to that with the next... <laughs> Okay. So this was like the easy peasy, more kind of winter. I, you know, if you don't really want to boil a huge stock pot full of water in the, in the summer, right before you have people over, you know, it, it just, it too humid in the kitchen and all that. So um, this is more of a winter thing, but in the summer, and if you're wanting to do a more kind of involved thing, although it's really not even that involved, I love to do Greek bowls. And this is one of my very favorite meals. 
Um, my family loves it. I made it for our community group this past Monday night because I wanted to tweak a few things last minute before I record this with you. And it was such a hit with adults and kids alike. And I've kind of changed some things through the years. I've done Greek meatballs before. I've done just, you know, marinating chicken in a Greek dressing and then grilling it, all that. The newest Magnolia cookbook, do you have the third one yet? I don't. Okay. She has a recipe for Greek chicken that is really wonderful. And so that's what I did Monday night. It's great. It's just lemon zest, salt, pepper, olive oil, and garlic. And that's it. And you can rub it it in the oven. You can, you can, we grilled it because Grill. I didn't want oh, you to turn my grilled. oven on um, right before having 30 people over. It was a really warm day this past Monday and you don't even have to marinate your chicken. You can just rub it on right before you throw it on the grill or in the oven. I chose to marinate it all day just so I could have that part done. Mm-hmm. So that was great. So we just grilled and then we sliced it all up. And, you know, when you slice meat, you don't have to do one piece per person, you know, like it stretches mm-hmm. me always. And so then I just had a big bowl of rice, a big pot of rice, the chicken, feta, um, a homemade tzatziki, which I, I've i made several. I am really infatuated with the one in the third Magnolia cookbook that just came out. It's excellent. But if you're in a time crunch, I love Aldi's. We have Aldi here. I know you guys don't, but Aldi's tzatziki sauce is really good too. <laughs> okay. That's a great tip. Love, I'm not a fan of Costco's tzatziki sauce. So just... <laughs> Just an FYI, um, we had hummus with it. We had um, a large Greek salad with it. But if you don't want to do a salad, if you just want to keep it a bowl, you could just chop up some cucumbers and tomatoes and toss those, you know, in a really simple olive oil, red wine vinegar kind of thing. So just various toppings and you're just kind of layering on the same flavors, the lemon and the garlic and all that. And I actually made homemade pitas for Monday night. I think they're very easy. The recipe I used is flour, Greek yogurt, and baking powders and salt. And that was it. And you roll them out and you kind of make them like tortillas, very easy. And I made them actually a couple hours in advance and just, you know, had them on my counter covered in a a towel and they were great. We had so many left over that I made like mini pizzas on them the next night for my family. And I'm gluten-free and I made some with the gluten-free, with a gluten-free flour blend. They turned out really well. Yeah, but then in a pinch, of course, buying non is no is no biggie at all. And I, I, I think that's a crowd pleaser as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. This sounds like a great menu and perfect for summertime. Yes, very summery. Well, I love the grilled chicken in the summertime. I mean, yes. you could, I guess if you didn't have a grill or something along those lines, you could put it in the oven. But I think that the flavor would be enhanced for sure if you could throw that yes. chicken on the grill. Yeah. And I think grilled chicken, the leftovers, if you have leftovers, it's just so fun to then open your fridge for lunch the next day and think I have grilled chicken to put on a salad. You know, we ate on it for two or three days afterwards. It was wonderful. Yes. You could chop it up, put it on top of a pizza. You could put it on top of a salad. You could put it, you know, with rice and make a sauce. There's so many things you could do with grilled chicken. Yes. So extra would never hurt. (laughs) No, never. (laughs) What is your best prep tip when you're thinking about a crowd coming over? A crowd coming over. Okay. Um, I am not a math person, but forcing myself to do the math and to really think through quantities mm-hmm. is, <laughs> I didn't last night. I'm going to tell you, I messed up last night. We met another family at our pool last night and I said, we'll bring pizza. And I did not bring enough pizza because in my head, 
a large pizza was going to be more pieces than what it actually is. It's only eight pieces per large pizza. And in my head, it got, and I, I'm just not math minded. And so forcing myself to sit down and think and like make a list of here are the mouths that are coming. Here's the adult size mouse and here's the children's size mouse. And doing the math and figuring out, you know, you always want to shoot for leftovers because if you yes. have just enough, it feels scarce and you don't want to have a scarcity mindset and you don't want anyone to think, man, I really wish I would have been able to have had seconds, you know, <laughs> or hungry kids. If you are meeting at a pool and they've been swimming, <laughs> yes. if you eat after swimming, for instance, then the yes. versus before swimming, before swimming, they might have a slice after swimming. They might want three each. Yes, yes, a lot. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I was pulling out every snack in my pull bag to try and supplement. Here's animal crackers. Here's, you know, anyway, I messed up because I did not do the math. And so doing the math is just, oh, it, it's essential. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, and planning a meal that you could either freeze if you have mm -hmm. leftovers or quickly use yourself or send leftovers home with college mm -hmm. kids or something yes. like that. That's what I usually try to go for is something yes. that's the left. It's good to have leftovers. Mm -hmm. It's not going to ruin if it's sitting in the refrigerator, no. gets thrown in a freezer. No. Uh -uh. So when you're preparing your house, if yeah. you have a specific cleaning tip, if you have people over it very regularly, I know you said early on when you were a young family, you were doing it nightly sometimes or many times per week here, you're, mm -hmm in the current time of life, you're very busy with sports mm -hmm. and at least have people over once a week. How do you keep your house ready for that many guests coming in? Yes. Okay. So I can't say enough about brick floors. Brick floors. Brick I, floors. That makes my Southern heart happy. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I love brick homes and where yeah. I currently live, it must be the weather. I don't know something about it. There's most homes have siding yeah. and it's, I feel like when I go to buy a house, I just want a classic brick home. And I don't yes. know if you can buy that up here, but it's just <laughs> the nostalgia of it, I guess. I don't yes. know. That's just what I grew up with. So, and brick yeah. floors are just classic. In fact, in the old, yeah. you see in certain spots of, you know, old streets that are lined with brick, brick paved streets. It's just, I love it so much. So tell me about your brick floors. They're timeless. So we had, the Lord just really blessed us. We moved into this home eight years ago and um, we were actually on track to build a home. Um, and we were actually putting an offering on some land that the next day, but the Lord just sent us this home for sale that very day. And we came and looked at it and it had everything that we were going to build. So, and it's down the street from my parents. So it was just a gift from the Lord, but um, our kitchen and eating areas, I have a really long kitchen. I have a table that seats 10 at one side of my kitchen. And then I have a bar that can seat several children. And then I have another table um, that seats at least eight. I, if it's children, it can fit, it can fit 10. So I have a, a large kitchen. And I, I, I need to tell you, my home's not grand. It's a 1960s ranch house, you know, just basic ranch house. But I do have a large eating area and it's all sealed brick floors that I sweep usually a couple times a week. Um, and I just sweep everything right out my back door to the dogs. And, <laughs> and I mop. And, and you're going to be maybe a little bit disgusted with this. I mop these maybe every other month and they are high traffic, but they show absolutely nothing. 
Absolutely nothing. Occasionally things will get stuck on them. So I'll have to kind of, you know, get down on my hands and knees and, and do some spot cleaning. But I cannot say enough for choosing materials, whether you're building or remodeling, if given that opportunity, that high dirt and that withstand high traffic. I have sealed butcher block countertops that can be absolutely filthy and they don't look it. Yeah, I, I, we just feel so blessed to have this flooring. Yes. <laughs> And that's one way that it that it kind of stays clean, even if my house doesn't feel necessarily clean. And then um, I think one of your very first guests on your podcast talked about having spotless bathrooms and not really worrying about anything else. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. And so I just want to reiterate that, like, have clean bathrooms. You don't want anyone, you know, disgusted by your bathrooms. So have clean bathrooms and have the rest of the house picked up. But really, once they're all inside, they're not going to notice that you, you didn't vacuum or, you know, you haven't dusted in a couple of weeks or they're just not, their eyes aren't going to be drawn to that. Right. Um, so just not worrying about it. Yeah, exactly. That's a great tip to, especially if you are in the process of remodeling or even purchasing a home yeah. or building a home, yes. choose materials that are easy to clean and make it quick. If you yes. choose something that is too time intensive, mm-hmm. it can really set you back. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to mop, do you use a steam mop or do you have a special mop? You know, mops are really hard. Mops have been the struggle of my life. I can tell you stories after stories of failed mops. So let me hear your recommended and I'll give mine. Um, I've gone through a couple steam mops and I just felt like they were so much work to get them all situated and plugged in in one room and then unplugged and you have to plug it into the other room. I just felt like it, it wasn't worth it. So um, I think it was during lockdown that those spin mops went kind of viral. Do you remember that? Yes. And I, I own two and I've bought one as a gift. I love the spin mop. What brand do you buy? Um, I have the, is it O-Cedar or Cedar? It's yes. red and black. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's O-Cedar. Yes. So I, I love them and you can buy replacement mop heads that aren't necessarily that brand. They're just a generic brand and an eight pack on Amazon for very, you know, not very much money. Okay. Does this run on battery? You were talking about unplugging and no. plugging in. It, do you plug no. it in? No? no, you don't plug it in. You just use your foot to spin it Oh. on the bucket. There's like a little pedal and you, and you use your foot to spin it. And the, and the new ones are even better because they have a separate, in the same bucket, they have separate for dirty and clean water. I would love that. Yes. The separate, so because if you're constantly dipping back into your dirty water, you're really just making, putting that same gross water back on your it's floors. Disgusting. So yeah, you <laughs> spin off the dirty, the dirty water and then you can dip it in the clean water. It's yeah, wonderful. I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to recommend the steam mop, but I did find one. It was on like Prime Day, Amazon Prime Day, where it was yeah. a heavy duty, a fairly long cord. You do ha- in my ha- house, I do have to unplug it once and plug it okay. back in. Mm-hmm. But it's fairly easy. And what I love about the steam is that let's say your floors are sticky or food or whatever. I mean, it just melts off whatever. But you do have to make sure that your floors are safe for steam. I think That's there true. are some that can't handle. Mm-hmm. that high of a heat, although you might could get by with it if you don't leave the steam on any yeah. one spot for too long. Mm-hmm. But still, I don't I don't recommend steam unless you check your flooring and making sure it's it's the right thing because some are glued down and it could be that the heat releases that glue or does something that messes it up. But 
Yeah. We have the flooring we have is kind of an industrial type flooring and it, mm-hmm. the steam is just magical. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mopping is not my favorite thing to do just because it has seemed so tedious and time consuming and frustrating. It's not effective. I, do, I don't like it when I, when it's not effective. It's my favorite task to pay a teenager to do. I'll tell you. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Good tip for my teenage son. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who was it? There was another guest on here. I think it was Sarah, Sarah Mortimer. We didn't talk about it on the podcast. I We talked about it after we stopped recording. I should have jumped back on and just recorded it anyway. But she recommended the Norwex yes. as yeah. being just her favorite. So I need mm-hmm. to maybe post that here. Do you know anything about that one? I don't own a Norwex mop. I've heard wonderful things. And I will say I went to a party eight years ago and the things I bought at that party, I am still using. They have not worn out yet. So the dustment, the window rags, all those things. I've heard really great things about their products. Mm-hmm. They're a company based in, is it France? I or am I getting the country wrong? It is a different country, but I know that they do sell things over here. What is your best advice for showing warm hospitality to those coming into your home? How do you feel everyone just feel welcome when they walk in the door? Okay, a couple of things. Number one, my husband and I always pray together before we open our door. Um, whether it's community group or it's just having people over on a Thursday night or you know hosting a Sabbath, whatever it is, we always get alone somewhere and the two of us pray that it would be a blessing to them, that the Lord would be honored and glorified and that they would leave feeling loved and encouraged. And then any, you know, any specifics that we might have. Um, And I I think that that just really helps to set the tone and kind of serves as a reminder of why we're doing this. Um, And then also I, I'm one of those people that I could talk to a wall. I'm very chatty and I feel a large responsibility to keep the conversation going. So just praying um, that the Lord would give me some insightful things to, to, to ask them about and that I would be a good listener and that the conversation would flow easily. I know that's, I think that's the thing that makes me the most nervous. It's not the food. It's not, you know, my home maybe being a little bit messy. None of that. It's okay. I don't want this to be awkward. <laughs> Yes. I don't want to say something awkward. I don't want to come across as rude or having said something I didn't mean to say or shouldn't have said. Yes, exactly. So just praying towards that end. And, you know, it's been very rare that we've had like awkward silence or anything that usually things flow really well. And we end, we end with a, you know, a, a sweet connection at the end of the night. And so anyway, just praying towards that end, I think is helpful. That's a great idea because there are different personalities out there. And I think for some ladies, it is harder. You know, Mm -hmm. some ladies, they're very personable and chatty and other ladies, it's more of an effort. And so just praying ahead of time that you recognize that you putting yourself out there, you trying to keep the conversation going is about loving others. It's not about you. It's not yeah. about what everyone thinks about you, what you said. And if you yep. said a funny joke, or if you were <laughs> witty and charming, it's not about that. It's about mm-hmm. really trying to just welcome them into your home and hear mm-hmm. their stories and mm-hmm. just enjoy their company. Yeah. And encourage them. Yeah. And I think it's pride that if you're, if you're one, cause I can, I can do this. I can lay awake then later that night thinking, why did I say that? <laughs> 
And why did I do that? And I should have asked them more about this. And I, sh- you know, I should have been a better listener here. And that's just pride. And so I just really have to repent of that and yes. lay that down. And <laughs> yes, and turn turn off your brain. That's one of the hardest things to do is to tell your mind, you're not allowed to think about this anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop yeah. saying that talk inside my head. Yep. That neg- negative talk, you know, just yep. turn off the switch of thinking about yourself and what you mm-hmm. said and how you yep. appeared. Mm -hmm. And just move forward. And there's things, you know, sometimes if something happens, if you did say something awkward, obviously there's times to learn from something that happened. You're like, okay, note to self. Remember, don't, you know, whatever. Ask Mm -hmm. if the lady's pregnant if you're not sure. (laughs) Yes. You know, that's the classic, Um, you know, or just maybe, oh, don't ask that particular question or Also, if you feel unprepared, I think it can be helpful to have a few questions in mind, especially if you're not a natural talker, a few questions in mind that are a go-to to to begin conversation, to start conversations. Is there anything in particular that you would recommend that you talk about since you're kind of a naturally chatty person? Are there any certain conversations you bring up to people and it opens up? I know Um, in the past, some people have said that they maybe ask. In, in my community, there's a lot of people that have moved recently. A lot of, since 2020, a lot of people yes. are moving away from states that maybe they had trouble in with their mm-hmm. business or their church or various issues. And yeah. so, one of the common questions that's just nor- natural to, in a conversation is, "Have you lived here all your <laughs> for very? Yeah. Did you just move? Have you been in this community a long time, or where did you move from?" What made you move? You know, that kind of thing is that it's very common that people have recently moved. So when you have people over and you are having a conversation, what are some of the things that you think to discuss and talk about? How are, what are some ways that you put yourself out there and you draw people into conversation? Do you have any tips on that? Um, I don't know that I'm the best person to ask because I am just insanely curious about people. I love biographies. I love... <laughs> watching documentaries about people. I just want to know every detail of everyone's life. I I love that. And so I'm probably borderline a little bit too nosy, (laughs) but I will just ask anything. And I think this time of year, like some great conversation starters are, you know, are you guys going on vacation anywhere? Um, What are you looking forward to about the summer? Um, You know, what camps are your kids going to that sort of thing? Are you, you know, doing, have you, have you bought school supplies yet? For us, our kids go to a small classical school, and I'm sure a lot of listeners' kids too as well. <laughs> this is based out of Moscow. So asking about uniforms and you know teachers and all that, just trying to rack my brain of okay, what is what is what are these people involved in? You know, if they have older kids that are involved in sports, what can I ask them about that sport? Just trying to think of personalized questions, and I will just ask anything and everything, and I am genuinely curious. I really want to know. <laughs> I think that's actually a very great piece of advice because sometimes when people are talking, they're not really tuned into what the person is saying. Their mind is going a million miles an hour thinking about other things. And especially if you're the hostess, it's tempting to be thinking about dinner and are my floors clean? And is the, did mm-hmm. I put to- extra toilet paper in the bathroom? And oh, that child over there is getting into something. So while you do have to multitask at times, mm-hmm. I think a huge tip for conversation is to truly be curious and interested in what the person is saying, because people can tell the difference. 
yeah. if you're asking a question, but then your eyes and are wandering yep. and you're not really tuned in, they can kind of tell you're not very interested. So truly Absolutely. being interested makes it a lot easier to have a conversation because you, if someone's telling you something, natural questions arise, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, if someone says something about, yes, I'm going on vacation to wherever, well, what are you going to do there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are, what are your favorite things? Have you ever been there before? You know, what, yes. makes, what, you know, what makes you want to go there? So mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. great tip. What is your must have kitchen item and where can we find it? Okay. This is a fun one. Um, it's new to me. I just bought, bought this for the first time, um, this past winter and I've bought several as gifts since then. And I saw someone that I follow on Instagram using it, a a lady that talks about hospitality and cooking for others often. She posted about this and it's a little food chopper, manual food chopper, chopper with a pull string. I had never seen them before she demonstrated one. And I immediately hopped on Amazon. They're they're, they can range between twelve and fifteen dollars, depending on what color you buy. <laughs> that is not expensive at all. No, I think it's like a straight from China gadget, but it's it's small. It only has about a cup and a half, maybe a two cup capacity, and I can throw I can like quarter and a whole onion and throw it in there, and then you put the lid on and you pull the string with a handle on it three or four times, and your onions chopped completely chopped almost like a wind up toy from back in yes. the day yes it is yes I um, you gar- have kids lining up <laughs> you know the kids are fighting over who gets to chop the onion <laughs> my kids love pulling the string and you know they're older and they still love it they love it so you're so right um I no longer use like my garlic mincer I just throw my whole cloves in there pull the string a few times and they're chopped pretty fine the, the more times you pull the string of course you know the finer it chops so if you want something kind of rough cut like I've done peppers and things in there and I'll just pull the string one or twice if you pull it over and over we've discovered through my children that it kind of makes a baby food consistency. So just <laughs> well, a hot tip three. for moms with the babies. That might yes. be a really great way to make baby food. Well, you're right. You're right. Anyway. Oh, I'm just obsessed. And I used to own a food processor and I found that the cleanup for it was not worth the, pro- the process or what, whatever it contributed to the recipe. So I actually got rid of my food processor a few years ago. And this kind of fills that void in a little bit of a way, you know, I mean, on a very small scale, but much easier to clean. I've even thrown mine in the dishwasher and it's come out just fine. So yes, a lot of times people have large food processors. Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to chop, say a quarter of an onion or a half an onion, it's really nice to have a smaller tool to pull out because then it's not a giant machine you're pulling out. A lot of times with with garlic or jalapenos or something like that, you really need something small. Yeah. I love that. I will definitely post that on the website. (laughs) Do you have a story you want to share with us? Hospitality is one of those things that it just feels like something we do day in and day out and nothing really stands out to me. (laughs) Yeah, just stories are happening all the time and they're normal. All the time. (laughs) And, you know, I feel like every opportunity to practice hospitality is remarkable and memorable in its own way. You know, there's been huge flops before where I've made something that hasn't turned out. We've had to order pizza, but that has happened. And, you know, it's just, it's life. And I think guests always understand that. Yeah, I I cannot think of anything that's just, oh, over the top. Do you remember when this happened? I I will say recently I hosted a graduation party for um, my 18-year-old. 
She just graduated high school. And I talked about math earlier, and that's because it's very, this has been a very recent situation where I did not do the math. (laughs) (laughs) And we were hosting it. Our our close friends have like a barn that we use as an event center for large parties. And so we were hosting it there. And in my head, I was just praying that people would show up. And I just thought, you know, I just hope some people show up and I, I hope this is a blessing to them. And I was doing um, like a pasta salad and four different kinds of like croissant sandwiches. And I was doing this and halfway through the day, I had a friend who had been helping me all morning. And she said, how many are you expecting? And I said, oh, I just, I just hope a few people show up, but you know, it's just a come and go. I know that there's another boy in her class that's having a party tonight. So I don't know how people are going to divide their whatever. And she said, well, let's sit down and make a list of people that you know, for sure. going to come." It was over a hundred people. Um, once we sat down and made a list and we did have like right around a hundred people that came. And I was so thankful <laughs> that she had me do the math because at two o'clock that afternoon, I was running up to Sam's to buy more food. <laughs> what a great friend. Yes. And a lot yes. of times, if it's your close friends and family, you don't, it doesn't feel like a lot of people until no. you start counting how many children are in this family, how many children, children in this family, how many children in that family. And it really does add up. It does add up. And I was so thankful for that. So at two o'clock, I went, bought lots more food and we, you know, the party started at five and I was so thankful for that because otherwise, I don't know, I just kind of had maybe a negative thought in my head of, oh, I don't know. It's such a busy time of year. I just hope a few people stop by. You were already excusing your friends and family for not coming. And meanwhile, they're all planning on trooping to your house for some food or to the barn for some food. Yes, yes. (laughs) So that was that was very uh, that was a close call, I will say a very close call that could have been disastrous, but it wasn't. (laughs) Well, God is very kind to provide friends who help us out. And he's also very kind to provide whoever came up with the inspiration for delivery pizza. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Very true. <laughs> and in an emergency, most of us can order delivery pizza. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I thank enjoyed, you. It's been wonderful. I have enjoyed all of your tips. They are wonderful. And I cannot wait to try your menu. It sounds delicious and great <laughs> for a crowd. Yes. Thank you, Bess. All right. Until next time. Bye for now.